Welcome to the Notespire Music Artist Impact Podcast, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. Here's your host, Nate Miller. And we're back. Welcome back to another episode of the Artist Impact Podcast. I am your host, Nate Miller. So glad to be back with you guys again, talking about music, uh, music industry, tech, news, anything that can help you to have a greater impact um, to do what God has called you to do in your music and your music ministry. Well, how have you guys been been doing? Um, we're we're in the dog days of summer right now. Um, there's thunder r- rumbling in the background as I record this, and uh, yeah, it's been good. We've been busy. And um, how about you? How how have you guys been doing? Are you out there playing music? Are you are you back at live venues? Are you still doing the live streaming thing? What's been going on? Let us know. Info at notespiringmusic.com. We'd love to hear from you. So today's episode, we got a couple really cool topics for you. Well, one really um, interesting topic, I'll say. Um, it's how to get signed to a record label. And this might be a little bit of a curveball because, you know, here at Notespiring Music, our main target is you, the independent Christian musician. And, you know, most of the time we're talking about how you can be a DIY musician, how you can do it yourself with the technology that you have, with the, um, the you know, the, the platforms and things that are available online at your disposal already. Um, so many people are, are going at it alone. Why, why would they want to be part of a label anymore? Um, we, we feel like labels are sort of dinosaurs or a thing of the past, but uh, I don't know. There's pros and cons to both, both being a, a indie artist going it alone, figuring it out all by yourself, kind of owning every bit of it. But then there's also pros and cons to uh, to being going the traditional way, being part of a label, um, signing you know with a major label. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today and uh, also got some info about a brand new short form bass, short form, short scale bass, <laughs> uh, but uh, just created by Martin. Um, this thing looks really cool. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But Let's start off with uh, some trivia. So last time I got, I gave you guys some Christian music trivia. So we're going to start there. I'll give you a few uh, questions to sort of ruminate on as we go through this podcast. And then at the end, we'll go over the answers. So let's start out with this one. So this group originally started out as a hip-hop group. But they actually had their big hit with an alternative rock album called Jesus Freak. All right, some of you right away, as soon as you hear Jesus Freak, you know exactly who I'm talking about. What hip-hop group, what Christian hip-hop group actually had a big hit with an alternative rock album called Jesus Freak? All right, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. All right, here's the second one. In the, mid-se- in the mid-70s, this sibling trio came up with the classic song, The Easter Song. What classic, what sibling trio in the 1970s came up with a classic called the Easter Song. I I didn't know the Easter Song by name, but I recognize the name of this band. And then finally, question number three. Steve Taylor, former youth pastor, hit it big with this quirky EP, which is considered a classic recording today. So Steve Taylor was a former youth pastor, now a Christian musician. What was the name of the EP? It says the quirky EP which is now considered in Christian music a classic recording today. So there you go, three three questions to think about, and we'll, we will come back to the answers of those um, at the end of the podcast. So let's dive right into this article I have here. Um, this is from May of this year, May of 2023. 
article written by Philip Kincher, and he's talking about how to get signed to a record label. And like I said, you know, it might seem like a little little bit of a curveball since we normally talk about going it along, alone, being a DIY musician and an independent artist, but um, there's some things to consider. Some people still do want to be part of a record label, and there's some pros to it. So, you know, his his kind of bullet points are here, you know, what to consider when searching for labels, how to choose a label that's right for you, choose the options that are best for you, how to get noticed by major labels if that's your goal to get signed on. Um, and then he has a couple points here, never give up and you've got to make CDs to sell CDs. That kind of makes goes without saying, but all right, so let's dive right in here. So what what to consider when you're searching for labels? Um, in 2023, there's still strong arguments for pursuing traditional record labels, or record deals, and there's equally strong arguments for avoiding them. So, you know, we often talk about um, the fact that when you do it yourself, you own everything. Like you own the rights to your music, uh, you own complete freedom, creative freedom to, to do whatever you want, um, to create all your content and uh, really direct that creatively. But, um, a lot of indie artists are finding out now that it's not just about making the music and maybe uploading it to YouTube or Spotify or whatever. You really got to like know all the different, you have to wear so many different hats. You have to know so many different things about the industry. How do you market yourself? You know, how do, um, how do you produce your music? That's a big one. If you've never done production before and you go to record your music, how are you going to produce the song? You know, unless it's just going to be you on guitar or you on, um, piano and your voice. Um, distribution. How do you distribute your music? How do you go about getting a copyrighted? There's all these little things that the labels always took care of for the artist that now as a DIY musician or an indie musician, musician, you have to take care of all that stuff yourself. And all the promotion, um, online marketing, social media content creation. It's a lot. It's a lot. So we live in a wonderful time when you as the independent independent musician have the ability and the technology to do almost everything on your on your own by yourself but it's overwhelming or it can be and some people just they don't have the bandwidth they don't have the knowledge or they don't have the, don't have the desire really to do all these different aspects so that's one reason uh, you know a traditional record deal or record label might be a way to go so here's some pros for signing with a record label um, the ability to reach new audiences. Now, I know we all think, oh, well, I just put my music online and I'll reach the world. That's true, but record labels still have distribution channels. Um, you know, they they were the only way to get your music out previously. So there's some ways that they can reach audiences that still aren't quite available to us as indie artists, or they are, but there's not as much um, exposure doing it by yourself. Um, gaining new revenue streams. That's another way. Um, record labels are able to garner revenue in different ways that the indie artist is not able to do. Getting access to greater resources for recording, distributing, and performing your music. Here's a big one. Um, so the indie artist, you know, not only do you have to record the music yourself and get a decent quality recording, and again, the production, if you're going to do anything more than just you know, your voice and an instrument, um, how are you going to get all those instruments recorded, mixed, and mastered, and then distributing that music to your audience? Um, you can use companies like Disc Makers to make your CDs. Uh, CD Baby used to uh, distribute 
physical material as well as the digital. They all the all of the uh, digital distributors still do the digital part. So you have DistroKid, um, TuneCore, CD Baby. Those guys will still distribute your music um, digitally. But I think I just saw an article recently saying that CD Baby is has finally bowed out of the physical distribution. So they will no longer distribute your CDs to, like, say, Amazon Music. So that that's a big blow for the indie artists. Like, how do you get your, your physical CDs to, um, to uh, like, online marketplaces? You got to do that yourself now. And then performing your music, getting access to greater places to perform. Again, you know, you can you can pound the pavement. Um, you can knock on, on doors. You can network. You can get pretty far on your own, but these the traditional labels record labels because they've been at this game for so long they still have access to venues that you might not quite have um the ability to get to get into as an independent musician and then um the prestige and bragging rights for signing with a record company there's still something to be said for saying that you're on a label i mean the record companies especially now with the with the saturation of the independent Christian or the independent musician who's online, who's able to get their music out there. What did we say the other week? There's, um, this is something like 120,000 new songs that are streamed, uploaded to, uh, streaming platforms every day. I think that's what it was. I'm going to go back and look at this figure, but it, it's just overwhelming how much stuff is out there, especially in this day with the saturation of music online, record labels are not going to, um, sign a group or an individual unless they're sure it's a sure unless unless they're certain it's a sure deal. They don't want to invest the money, especially now, if they don't think that this person has talent, that they're not going to make them money. I mean, the record labels have to make money; it's a business, so they're they want to know that the talent is sure, or else they're not even going to invest in them. So the fact that you're on a major label, that a label has invested in you, put the money, f- you know, put money forward to bankroll you that says something about you as an artist in terms of your talent um your ability to engage a crowd and to turn a profit i know that's the ugly side of the business but turn a turn a profit for the record labels so you know again it's almost like a litmus test to say like okay well this person we we feel has marketability they you know they have um, appeal to the masses. Now, maybe that's not what you're looking for. Like your music might be very niche, um, might be very avant-garde and it wouldn't fit with a traditional label. And that's cool. That's the beauty of being an independent, independent, uh, musician in this day and age. But again, you, you know, you might've always had the dream to have that label on your record, like to be on Sony or, um, Warner or, um, so many different labels out there that I can't think of right now, obviously. Um, just to be part of something that is so huge and so um, monolithic and epic, maybe that, that appeals to you. And so that there is that, that, part, that piece of it. But there's downsides too, right? So there's pros and cons to everything. The downside, um, there's a few li- liabilities that come from signing on with a, especially the wrong label, um, or getting a traditional record deal when you better be better served without one. So here's a couple of them. Surrendering some level of financial, creative, marketing, and or career direction control. This was always a big one that I've heard from musicians in the past. When you hear like, 
um, interviews with people that were in the music industry and saying like, oh, well, you know, the, the record label asked us to like write certain songs or they were looking for a certain style and they kind of like pigeonholed them in in this style and like they couldn't really deviate from that. So even if they wanted to explore things kind of creatively, um, if the if they were labeled as like, I'll just say like a alternative rock band and they wanted to do something that was very different, the, the labels are going to be very apprehensive because they're going to lose that target audience that has already invested in them. And it's a gamble, right? So they, they've already done all the marketing and everything to like say that this is an alternative rock band. Why, why are you going to start going and doing like, um, I don't know, like folk music or something like that? Something that's a very different genre. So you lose some of that control there. And then also, like like this says, to creative, um, the marketing, like you, you can't, their marketing departments are going to choose um, how to, kind of the style of how they're, they're going to um, display you, I guess, as an artist. I mean, that might come down to the logos that they use for you, the fonts that they use, even um, your, your look on stage, the way you dress. Um, I would think that some labels might give you some um, leeway there, but um, you, you might not have complete control as you would as an independent artist. There might they might have some say in that because they're footing the bill. They're paying for you know all, all of your recording and distribution and everything. So just just be aware of that um, financially. Obviously, um, one of the big things that people don't realize when they sign on to the label is okay. Well, the label has forwarded so much money. They've they've invested you know a down payment in you as an artist, you you have to pay that money back eventually. So you might think, oh well, I have this CD out, it's making all this money. We're we're going on tour, but the the profit that you're making in the beginning is only going to pay back that initial down payment um, that the record label put out for you to get started. So you don't make money until that has been paid back. It's like a loan. They're loaning you money to get you established. And if you don't realize that and you start rock, racking up money, <laughs> racking up expenses by like always, you know, going first class, having a limo pick you up at the airport and the hotel, you know, that's all fine. It, it looks great. You, you know, you might look like a rock star, but you got somebody's paying for that. The record label's paying for it as you do it. And until you pay that back with your um, profits in the beginning, until you break even, you're not going to make a profit. So just be aware of that. Like they have financial control. Um, here's another downside. Sharing your profits from music and merch sales, often to a large degree. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about here. So you think, oh, well, I've recorded this album. It's been successful. I'm touring all over the world maybe. But those profits from that, from that music especially and some of the merch that you're selling at the concerts, at least a, a portion of that, if not most of it, is going back to the record label to pay back your loan. So you don't have complete financial freedom there. Um, the funny thing is, uh, one of the upsides was the the ability, the bragging rights, so to speak, for saying that you're signed to a record label. But one of the downsides is you're signed to a record label. So you might lose prestige and indie cred, so to speak, and potentially being accused of selling out by other people in the industry um, by being on a label. If that doesn't bother you, then that's great. Like, if your dream is to be part of a label, then you don't care about what people think of you as an independent artist or like that you're trying to fight the system or something like that. 
But for other people, that is that that is their goal. I want to do this alone. I want to show that I can do this. Um, I don't have to be part of the system. I don't have to be part of a label, you know. And everybody has different motivations, different um, ideas about how they want to represent themselves. So you kind of have to decide which one matters to you. And then finally, still having to do all the work yourself. Again, you know, being an independent musician is not just about writing songs and putting them up them up online. Sometimes that happens. You get the outliers, um, the people who become, I'll say, famous overnight, um, overnight, success, overnight successes um, that go viral, so to speak, by uploading to YouTube. But really, that's still the exception to the rule. Most people, you know, have varying degrees of success, and uh, that's great, but for you to become you can overnight smash hit or smash success really still is rare. It's it's more likely today than it was, you know, 25 years ago, but it's still rare. So you have a lot of work to do yourself, like we talked before about marketing and distribution and produ- production and recording and um, all the things that go along with the music industry and getting yourself out there. Um But given the widespread tools available to indie musicians, including affordable CDs and worldwide digital music distribution, many artists feel that they can accomplish the same things as a label. And they can if they want to put the work in. Um, If you feel that, but if you feel that the boost a major label can give you and your career is worth the potential liabilities, even in 2023, it can still be a wonderful and practical dream to pursue. So... We're going to take a short break here, but we'll come back and we'll talk about if you do want to pursue a label, um, getting signed to a a label or getting a record deal, how do you go about it? Like, what are the things to look for and uh, to make sure you get a good fit, a fit for you? Um, So we'll take a quick break here for station identification and we'll be right back and we'll talk more about getting signed to a record label in 2023. Be right back. All of the podcasts produced at Notespire Music as well as portions of the programming on WNSMDB Notespire Radio are sponsored by O'Brien Custom Guitars in York, Pennsylvania. At O'Brien Custom Guitars, they build guitars, basses, lap steels, and cigar box guitars specifically crafted to each individual customer specifications. And they perform repairs, modifications, and setups using high-quality hardware, electronics, and materials. For a custom quote or more info, contact Sean at O'Brien Custom Guitars at gmail.com. That's O'Brien Custom Guitars at gmail.com. And by Eric Rap Music. Eric is a singer and songwriter from Pennsylvania, USA, and has been sharing his music for the Lord for over 40 years. His mission is to convey the good news to everyone, to encourage believers, and to help those who are disadvantaged, discouraged, and beaten down to find hope, joy, and peace. In addition to his solo shows, his work with the Save a Life Tour and All Saints Evangelistic Movement helps reach out to those in need in the inner cities. Visit Eric Rapp at his Facebook and Reverb Nation pages at Eric Rapp Music. We thank these folks for their partnership and support. To find out how you can advance your impact by becoming a sponsor of Notespire Music, visit our website at notespiremusic.com. Okay, welcome back to the Artist Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Miller, and we've been talking about 
getting signed to a record label in 2023, why would you want to do that? <laughs> um, so there's some people who still, like I said, don't want to do it all on their own. They don't want to do the indie music route or the DIY musician. There's still things, some things to be said for being signed to a major label. They really do have resources that the indie musician either doesn't have access to or would have to fight and work really hard to um, come up to the same scale, really. All right, so let's look at um, if you how do you choose a record label that's right for you if that's the way you want to go? Um, ma- you know, major record labels like Warner Music or Universal Music Group and Sony Music Entertainment. There's huge mega labels like that, and there's everything down to tiny like indie labels like um, a lot of them run by indie musicians themselves, but that who will sign other artists on and do some of the things that a major label will do. Um, even if it's to a smaller degree because they don't have quite the uh, quite the finances that a mega major uh, label would have. Here's some criteria, a few things to think about as you're, as you're looking into label options. Do you like and are you compatible with other artists that are currently signed to that label? It would be really helpful to find a label that has artists that are the same genre, the same type of music, or similar at least, to, to you because you know, first of all, that they um, understand that type of artist, the type of art that you're creating, but they also know how to produce that, um, dis- distribute it, and market it that label or the, that type of artist. If you're a completely different artist, um, nothing like anything else that they have, um, they might not be the best fit for you. And then the other thing to ask is, have those artists been successful and maintained creative control? So... Just because they have artists on the label that are like you or similar um, doesn't mean that they know how to manage them. Make sure that those artists are actually successful in the music industry. And you might want to reach out to them and the artists themselves, if you can, and find out how much creative control that that label allows them to have, especially if that's important to you. Um, Are the labels you're looking into keen on exclusive or non-exclusive deals? So in other words, if you sign with Label X, will you then be contractually obligated to make music only for them? So this is a big thing with the labels. Um, you're going to sign a contract to be with them, and depending on how exclusive it is, like you may only be able to do music for them. So you might not be able to, let's, let's just say, collaborate with another artist um, unless the, the, the record label sets that up or approves it. Um, and you might not be able to just play with any person that you want to. Um, there, there are going to be some restrictions, some guidelines. Um, and again, they're going to be de- varying degrees of severity or exclusive or non-exclusive depending on the record label. So something to think about. Um, does the label support touring or expect you to do all that yourself? So this is interesting. Just because the label um, is footing the bill and doing all the different things for you, they may not, um, there's some things they may not do. So you might want to go on tour, but are they going to handle that for you? Or do they expect you to book yourself and promote yourself? Um, you really need to find out how much the label is going to do for you and what they're not going to do for you. Cause you might, you might go in with some expectations and then find out, Oh geez, I didn't realize I was responsible for this. Um, pretty sure you want to check that out first. So, you know, um, same thing with marketing, recording, and every other aspect of your career. How much will the label do and how much will it expect you to handle? So I, 
I think this is probably changing a little bit, even for the major labels. Like, because people are doing so much on their own now, it makes sense that the labels would also expect, well, you know, we can handle the stuff that you might not be able to do yourself, like the distribution and the marketing um, or the promoting, perhaps. But they might expect you to take care of the recording um, or even the marketing, like the online um, social content creation and, and posting. They might not do that for you. They might not give you a person who's going to post for you online. That might be up to you to do. Now, you could probably still have someone do it for you, but you would have to organize that. Um, and then the recording, they might give you access to their studios, to their equipment and everything. But um, do you have to hire your own sound engineer? I don't know. There's, these are details that you'd have to ask. Um, how big is their team and how wide is their network? This is especially true if you're going to a smaller label, um, sort of a, a niche indie label that you know has just a few artists signed to them. You know, is it just one guy who's who's you know got some money and he's like you know put some capital into this and you know he really loves to help out musicians, or is this a big major label who's got like so many assets behind them um, and teams of talented experts in the field? There's a wide range of possibilities here. So find out how big the network is and how big their team is. Um, do their team members have the right experience and skills to help you? Again, you, you still want to have an, a sense of like what type of music you're trying to create, the audience that you want to reach, um, how far you want to go with this in terms of, you know, do you want to be a worldwide success? Is this like um, U.S. only, local area? Like what? You know, if you're in an indie niche label you know you might be have some play in like a regional area but maybe not internationally so to speak but a, a major label like sony or something you're going to obviously be more likely to have social or global appeal so um kind of define those things for yourself as an artist what what things are you looking for what's your end goal and then when you look at this label make sure that they have the right experience and skills to help you reach that does the label have access to the audiences you're trying to reach? This is an, an, an algorithm of that. You know, are you trying to reach, you know, do you want to be, if you're an American artist, do you want to be a success in Japan um, specifically? So someone like Sony, they've got offices in Japan, you know, there's Sony Japan. So you could, obviously, they've, they're, they've already got their um feet on the floor so to speak there and access and assets and avenues and and channels and stuff to not only distribute your music and promote it and market it to that in that culture but also places to play so if that's your goal make sure the label that you are um considering has access to these audiences that you want to target um do the do the folks working on that label at that label seem responsible and on their game this is pretty subjective i mean you'd have to like sit down and, and talk to them whether that would be um face to face or over zoom or a call but you want to have a real sense that these people know what they're doing especially if it's a smaller label um I mean, nowadays everybody's an entrepreneur it's very easy i mean even for us here at notespire there's things that you know we're able to do pretty pretty easily and pretty well there's some things that we have a little bit of experience at, and we can help somebody who's not as far along. But there's some things that are just outside of our wheelhouse that, you know, we can't do, at least not yet. 
And so we would, you know, encourage people to move on to somebody else who has those abilities and um, or even the desire to do some of those things that we don't necessarily do. So that's just something to think about. Make sure that they're um, the people you're going to be working with are responsible and really kind of like experts in their field. Um, With any label you consider working with, do your due diligence. So it's up to you. If you're going to sign with a label, um, you have to be diligent to make sure that this is exactly what you want. Here are some steps to keep in mind as you're looking for labels. So search online and ask around in your musician community about which labels have great reputations for working well with um, and working well with artists and really helping to advance artists' careers. Now you might you know, already have in your mind like a specific label because maybe other artists that you enjoy are already on that label and you think, oh, I, you know, I follow this person and they're on this label. I would just love to be on that same label. Um, or you might just be able to tell from the stuff that's out there that you that you really like and kind of aspire to, you know, to reach in terms of level and everything. But if you don't, or if you just want some extra advice, talk talk around. You know, if you're on forums or if you're in chat rooms or um, chat rooms, is that a thing anymore? Um, you know, social media groups. Ask around what labels other people, especially people that are in your genre and your type of music, what labels that they recommend or that they're already, you know, part of. Um, do you know? Do some search. Do some search. You know, online. So many tools available to you. Do your due diligence and research these things to make sure it's what you're looking for. Uh, reach out to artists who are already signed to labels you're thinking of and ask what their experiences are. This is a great one. If you have access to people who are currently on those labels, you can ask all these questions. What do you have to do yourself? What does the label um, do for you? What do they expect from you? Um, how, just how do the nuts and bolts of this work? Like. Who's doing the marketing, the rec- the recording, the promotion? Um, are, are they ex- exclusive, largely exclusive or non-exclusive in terms of like your abilities to work outside of the label? Um, any different thing you can ask for. If you can have access to somebody that's on that label as an artist, that's going to go a long way because you're talking to somebody who's like they're already in it. You know, they are they're working with this label. Find out from them everything that you can first. Ask all the hard questions so that you don't find out the hard way in the long run and regret something. Um, Don't go with a label just because it's well-known. Make sure it's the right fit for you. Yeah. I mean, again, you really got to know what you're looking for, what you want to get out of your music career. Don't just sign on with Sony Sony Music because everybody around the world knows that, knows Sony. It might not be the best fit for you. Um, Certainly name recognition, brand recognition goes a long way, but... um, you're you're choosing this over being an indie artist, so there's got to be a benefit to you. Um, the the name itself is a benefit, but make sure that they they have your best interest at, at heart, especially if, for your music, for your craft. Um, again, they're a business; they're trying to make money. Um, they if they're a publicly traded but business, they have a, a obligation to the shareholders to make money to make profit. So that's just the nature of the beast, even in mus- in the music industry. So their their interest is in profit, but hopefully they're also interested in you as an artist and what you're doing. But you need to do the work and ask the hard questions to make sure that that's true and that you're not just another um, cash cow for them. I hate to say it like that, what? but uh, beware of any label situation that has you paying them. Yeah, this is kind of this kind of goes with like pay to play sort of thing options on like podcasts or um, 
even streaming platforms like never pay to play if someone says hey pay me this much and i'll play you you know you'll get that so many plays per hour you know that's actually against the law you um there's ways around it there's other ways to name it or um ways to formulate that you know you, you can probably be a sponsor or something and then as a, a fringe benefit you might get your name mentioned or something like that we we do that here at inspire radio people who sponsor us or our podcast you know we mention their name in their business or their music um that's just that's a a benefit of being a sponsor but we're not playing them like oh well you know if you pay us so much we're going to play you three times an hour on notes by our radio so same thing with a, a label be very wary if they if they want you to pay them yeah that's i don't even understand that uh choose the options that are best for you so getting the record getting signed to a record label isn't a one-way street just as the right label needs to believe in you your artistry and your potential which they need to do because you're an investment. Um, you need to believe in the label's commitment to your music and ability to elevate your career. Yeah, again, make sure that your music comes first. Your message, um, whatever your why is for why you do the music, that needs to be first and foremost. If your why gets lost in the record label, don't sign on to a label just to sign on to a label. Make sure that your why is always forefront and that they have your back. They're there to support you. Even if they're making money from you, they, you still want them to support your mission and your vision and your goal for you as an artist. Um, some of the process of choosing the right label is a science. Does the label have the staff and infrastructure and relationships and other resources to help you shine? But some of, it, some of it's an art. So here's a few questions to ask yourself. How do you feel when you interact with people at the label? Do you feel like you connect with them? Do you feel like they're down-to-earth um, that they seem to care or are they just like all about business? Is this just all about signing the, you know, always be closing, sign the deal, you know, get, get your name on, a, on our label, you know, so we can start making money from you. you. You should really get a good sense that these people um, are on the up and up and actually care about you. Now that could be tricky because if these people, if it is a major label and you got people that are really good at what they do, they're good salesmen, they can make you feel like, you know, you're the, the only person in the world they can wine and dine you and say you're the greatest thing that came along since sliced bread and you'll believe it because they've learned to do that they're great salesmen so tricky to do but use your gut use your intuition are these people on the up and up do they seem to how do you feel about them when you interact with them so that's kind of the art side of it rather than as a science okay here's another one does it feel like they get you and your music again you have a certain um why behind your creativity some a, a voice a unique voice behind what you're doing does it seem like they get that or do they not care about that um you want to make sure they care about your unique voice and that they want to let that shine and they're going to support you in the best way to do that and to grow that um do they believe that they will move mountains to share your music and elevate your career or do you believe that they will move mountains um yeah so you really got to See, do do they have your back, and are they going to do everything they can to um, help you to be the best artist that you can? To not just to like be on their roster, but to actually grow yourself as a musician and your and your career. You really, see if you get a sense that that's going to be the case, because they have the resources, especially if they're a major label. Make sure that this seems like that's what they want to do. All right, so. When it's time to consider signing on the dotted line, this article says, have a qualified music lawyer look over the agreement. This is an, a major and important point. 
Um, the, the author says, I'm going to write it again. Make sure to have a qualified music lawyer look over the agreement. You know, I, I've heard horror stories about these contracts. They can be super detailed, super uh, nitty gritty, super um, difficult to understand. You know, they're written in kind of lawyerese. And uh, if if you don't understand the fine print, don't sign your name to it because there's stuff that could be um, sort of layered in there. Not I don't, I don't want to say hidden, but there's very creative ways that they can hide stuff in between the lines that will come back to bite you in the end. Um, you might be signing away. You could be signing away five years of income from your profits from your music without realizing it. You know, even if you've, you know, you've paid back your loans, your initial loans that they've given you to start as an artist. It, it, I'm just giving this as an example. If it's written into their contract, they might say that, you know, you have to um, surrender profits for X amount of years or so many albums before you see them as the artist. That seems kind of like obvious, but, um, yeah, I, I've heard worse things than that. So have somebody who's qualified look at this thing and make sure that you understand it before you sign it. Um, very important. Uh, many artists throughout record label history have been taken advantage of, yeah, and signed away more rights and profits than they realized. That That's the thing. Just because they didn't have an expert on their side. Lawyers can be expensive, yes, um, but you're going to save money in the long run if you sign a bad deal. Uh, but organizations like Volunteer Lawyers for the Arts can help ensure that you're not being exploited. That's the big thing. Uh, you just don't want to get taken when you sign these deals. Not every label will try to take advantage of you. It's good to know. But some certainly will. And that's that's a sad sad story, sad fact of the industry. But I'm, I'm sorry to say that's true. Do your homework and protect yourself. Yeah, you really got to do due diligence as the artist if you're going to go this route. It doesn't mean that it's not still a good way to go. It just means be careful and um, do your homework. All right, so how do you get noticed by a major label if you want to sign to them? So here's a couple points. If you want to get end up getting um, signed to, um, for example, he says, Island or Def Jam, you have to make yourself into something that those folks can't say no to. So if there's a specific label that you're kind of eyeing up, you want them you want to seem appealing to them. You want to look like one of the artists that they want to sign. Again, you're an investment for them as a business proposition. So they're not going to invest in you if you don't seem like a sure deal. And so you need to look attractive to them from a business standpoint. So how do you do that? First of all, get get your social media hopping, he says. Everyone wants to, to bet on a winner and record labels are no different. Show label executives that you can engage, excite, and retain a wide audience through Instagram, TikTok, and SoundCloud, or any other social media things that you guys are on, that's going to go a long way towards establishing yourself as an artist worth investing in. If they can see that your social media feed is active, consistent, and it's actually engaging, if you've only got a few followers, you know, a handful of followers, a dozen likes here and there, or you don't post like regularly, you're not going to seem as likely or as viable of an option to them as somebody who's got um, hundreds, thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of followers, if that's possible for you, who posts regularly and is getting engagement. People are liking and interacting and commenting on your social media feeds. The more you can do that, the more you're going to be um, attractive to a major label if that's what you're looking for. Um, next point, make your music as professional as possible. Okay, 
So you don't have the record label studios and their engineers and their staff and everything. But if you are producing music yourself or doing it in a small studio, invest in professional recording situations, high-quality mixing engineers, and the best mastering you can afford. Um, you can master things on your own with plugins. If you really want it to take it to the next level, things like Disc Makers um, has a sound lab that they can help you with. Uh, I think last I looked, it was like $100 per song, and they can mix it and master it professionally. Um, it, again, it's just that extra mile that you go to if you're really serious about this as a profession and you want to get only one of these labels rather than doing it yourself and doing it a good job if you just want to go a little bit higher level and have a professional do it who can do it a little bit better than you. Again, this is an investment. If this is your goal, you want to invest in getting on a label, then take the time and a little bit of extra money on the front end so that it'll pay off in the end, in the back end for you. Um, sell your albums. Record sales will get the attention of a record label. Again, you know, you can have your, your stuff streamed a lot on Spotify. That's great. Again, you want to show those metrics, but are people physically buying your albums? If you're selling hundreds of, if you're, if you're selling thousands, tens of thousands, or hundreds of thousands of physical CDs, that's again a huge incentive for the record labels to invest in you. Get streams and video views. Again, showing there's an appetite for your music on streaming sites and especially on YouTube is the best way to make a label want to support you. This is the way that a lot of these um, overnight successes have happened. The people who have gone viral, for whatever reason, they post a video on YouTube and you know, within days or weeks or months, the thing gets viewed hundreds of thousands of times and then all of a sudden they're, people, they're getting noticed, not only by, by people, by fans, but by um, music promoters and, and record label um, industry leaders. If you've got that much of a pool on social media, um, there's something there. There's obviously interest in you as an artist and in your music, and so they, they will see you then as a good investment. Um, get touring, okay? You, you might not have, again, you might not have all the um, possibilities that a label can give you yet, but whatever potentials you have for getting yourself out there and promote, or, uh, performing, labels like to see artists that are active, on the move, and engaging with fans as widely as possible. Play everywhere you can. Play online, play live um, venues. Make sure that that's recorded and, and, um, and streamed to your YouTube so that they can see you're playing live. Just get out there and play and perform as much as possible. Invest in your visuals. You know, you don't have to be young and, and generically beautiful to get a record deal. There's lots of people historically who have record deals who aren't, you know, cosmopolitan, you know, cover models or golden boys. You know, they don't have like the, the looks, so to speak. That doesn't matter um, necessarily. You can have great looks but not have talent and vice versa. Uh, you, de you do need to show that you're at least mindful of your image and how your fans see you. Again, um, the record labels might eventually invest in a, a look for you or a style or a, a certain marketing um, way of, of putting you out there. But until that time comes, have a sense of style, have a sense of image, promote yourself in, in a way that you want to look. Think about it. Like, what are you wearing? Um, even down to like, what fonts are you using? And the photos that you're posting on your on your website or on social media, how are fans viewing you, and how is the record label going to view you if you're if you're if you want them to see sort of your portfolio of visuals 
Work on high-quality photos, even if it's just you, a friend, and a smartphone, and a sunset. <laughs> Put together video content that highlights your music. Like, Do your best. Put your foot, best foot forward. Um, if you're going to put a lyric video together, make sure it's professionally done. Like, don't just go on to uh, like Microsoft Movie Maker. If that's all you have, that's great. Start there. But if you got a friend who's got like a higher end video editor, like uh, Adobe Premiere Pro, Final Cut, something like that, um, and they know how to use that, enlist their help. Help get them to help you put together a video. If, if we're saying a lyric video, for example, something that has, you know, graphics in, in the background and animated text and stuff. So it's not just like a static image with um, words that, that just come up on the screen, like f- kind of flatly. You know, think about how you look to um, your fans and then also potentially to industry leaders, um, record execs and stuff that might see your stuff online. And then finally, network like there's no tomorrow. Get Get yourself out to as many concerts, conferences, industry events, clubs, jam sessions, and and any music-related events as much as possible. The more music industry people that you meet who like you and appreciate your music, the greater your exposure to hooking up with the the right big label person who can make the record deal of your dreams happen. You know, we've all heard stories about the person who just happened to be at the right place at the right time and a record exec um, just happened, you know, stumbled upon them. Great. Okay, those are exceptions to the rule. Those are the outliers. This stuff's not going to happen just by chance, except for those few occasions. So the more places you put yourself out there, the more people that you interact with, the more times you rub elbows with these people, or potentially you do in these different um, areas and events and arenas, the more your chances go up that you're going to get exposed to and meet with and interact with the people who can actually get you where you need to go. So network like crazy. Any networking, networking you can do, um, just just do, you know, put the elbow grease in, do the hard work, pound the pavement, and, and do that as much as possible. And then finally, never give up. Uh, he says, he finishes this article here by saying, the music industry is full of people who worked hard under the radar for years and then were tapped by the right label and became, quote unquote, overnight sensations. So I've seen this so many times. Um, bands that I feel like come out of the woodwork or just come out of nowhere and all of a sudden they seem successful they didn't just write their first album some of these bands have been around for 10, 15, 20 years or more and they've written hundreds of songs and maybe put out albums themselves you know they might have put out 3, 4, 5 albums before they even got signed to their first record label and so like they aren't just you know newbies they aren't wet behind the ear. This isn't their first rodeo. They've been doing this a long time. Um, that's not everybody, but it is kind of in general how it happens. Um, put the work in and keep at it until you. If if your deal or if your goal is to be signed to a label, don't give up. Keep working at it until you reach your goal. You know, do everything you can and and be consistent and. Just work hard until you reach that. If that's your goal, you know what you're going for, don't stop until you get there, all right? If a label deal is what you dream of, keep working, keep creating, and don't stop believing. And that goes with anything, anything that's a goal. If you know what your end goal is, then you, you just keep working until you get there. And if something you're doing isn't, isn't moving you forward, then change tactics, but you don't stop until you reach that goal, no matter what it is. Um, so I hope this this article was helpful to you guys. Again, I think it's kind of 
Seems a little bit of a curveball for us as Notes by Our Music because we are indie indie um, artists here, Paul Gibbs and and I, and we we help the independent artists in ways that you know they can't on their own. But yet we're not a we're not a major record label. Um, we have a studio; it's a small studio, and we can do things that the independent artists might not be able to do on their own. But we can do things that um, that will help them bridge the gap between what they can do and a major like studio down in say like Nashville who has all the backing and the staff and everything that you're hearing like that the record labels are uh investing in so yeah uh, again I hope this has been helpful to you especially if you have been thinking about um signing on to a record label or that's always been a dream of yours or if you've kind of you're new to the industry or like you've always been an indie artist and you know that that's a thing you know like that's been the traditional pathway but you didn't really know what that was all about. Um, hopefully this gives you a little more insight into what might need to go into getting signed to a record label and uh, giving you some pros and cons, some things to think about um, before you do it and just don't just jump in. Um, really do your homework and work hard and make sure that it's going to serve your needs best. And if it doesn't, that's fine. Again, in this day and age, in this time that we live in, it's a wonderful time to be an independent do-it-yourself do musician because we have so much technology, um, so many um, f- even free platforms online that you can get your music out there to way more people than you could uh, just a few years ago. So don't feel like you have to sign to a label, but if it's of interest to you, this article gets you started and uh, you can do more, more research and talk to people, more importantly, that are already in that um, in the labels, working with labels or signed by labels and find out what um, from firsthand experience and then see if that's a good fit for you. All right, so let's talk about this new um, short-scale bass from Martin. Uh, I know a lot of times Paul and I will talk about people who play guitar or piano um, specifically because a lot of indie indie artists um, start that way. Maybe you're a piano player or you're a guitar player, and then you just sing over top of that. But what about bass players? I mean, they're musicians too, right? Just because you're an indie artist doesn't mean you're a solo artist. You might be an indie band and you got a bass player in your band, um, or you're a guitarist and you want to add bass to your tracks. Maybe you're producing your own music and you want to get into, into bass, but you're a guitar player and you know you never really f- um, fooled around with bass, or you're just a, a you are a bass player, but like maybe you want something that's kind of small scale that you can travel with just to do like uh, acoustic shows, and you just want something kind of fun to play. And so I came across this um, Martin's. Martin Guitar has just introduced a new line of junior basses, and uh, their junior bass model might just be the perfect fit for you. So it's available in two different styles. You have the Dreadnought and the Auditorium, and there's two different color um, selections. There's just a plain natural wood, and then you can get the Sunburst. And it's scaled down, I I believe it's a 24-inch scale. It's a bit shorter, um, but it's great for portability and comfort. And so... It's, this is great for guitarists who want to get into bass playing. You know, if you've ever picked up a, a bass guitar as a guitarist the first time, it can be a little um, disorienting because you're used to fretting, um, you know, a certain size for your hands. And, you know, even though you're not playing chords, there's a little bit of a stretch that you're not quite used to. So this shorter scale bass might be a nice transition for you or a nice way for you to be able to add bass to your tracks without having to get used to a, a full scale bass. Um, the other cool thing is it can be played un- unplugged. It is an acoustic and electric. 
Um, but it also has built-in Fishman electronics. And Martin worked directly with Fishman f- um, to create specific electronics for this small-scale bass to get the, the precise um, tone and sound that they wanted from it. And uh, it's really cool. If you go to their website, um, just go to martinguitar.com and look at their, what are they calling them here, uh, their Junior Series bass. And you'll, you'll find some resources on here. They have some pictures of them. Um, they've got a, a short video. And they talk about there's price, the price range. They're all the same, actually. $749, $749 for either the Auditorium or the Dreadnought style. And again, like I said, you can get them in the natural wood color or the Sunburst. It looks kind of like a tobacco Sunburst, but a little bit darker, kind of a natural dark wood Sunburst. And the cool thing is that Martin actually... They found, as they were comparing other short-scale basses in the industry, that a lot of times the strings had like too much um, kind of like play to them. They didn't have enough tension. They were very loose because of the shorter scale. And they said it was just – it was kind of um, – these are my words – wonky, I'll say. Um, they, they just felt like it didn't have the best tone that it could have had. And so Martin actually went out of their way to create um, their own bass – strings acoustic bass strings for a 24 inch scale so it's their junior series martin strings like they they make their own strings they own strings string company so you can buy strings directly from martin and martin and company um acoustic bass 24 inch strings specifically made for these junior series bases so very cool um so they're slightly smaller than a full-size instrument uh, but you don't have to sacrifice on tone you get plenty of comfort and, and porta- portability and playability they're acoustic electric, so you can play both acoustically and with the Fishman pickup. Um, so they have a spruce top and a sapili back and sides, and the specially formulated bass strings for this shorter scale. So again, if you're a bass player and you want to check out a short scale, short scale acoustic electric bass to take on the road um, to play acoustic gigs or just something that... Um, you don't want to bring your full-scale bass along or just a fun toy to play with, a, a different type of bass to add to your arsenal. Or you're a guitar player and you want to play something that li- feels a little more like a guitar but gives you that bass tone, this is a great option for you. Yeah, so very cool. Cool little toy. Um, new instrument to check out. And uh, check that out on Martin's guitar, Martin Guitar's website. All right, uh, let's close this episode out. We're gonna, I'm going to give you the answers to those uh, trivia questions that I asked you at the top of the hour here. All right, let's see. So what did you guys figure it out? The, the originally hip-hop group that actually broke into the alternative rock or made it big with their alternative rock album called Jesus Freak. Of course, Jesus Freak, that's DC Talk. So Jesus Freak took DC Talk into Platinum Sales, Platinum Plus Sales, actually, um, a Grammy Award and write-ups in Rolling Stone Magazine and MTV Exposure. So all of that from that alternative rock album where they were originally a a hip-hop group. Uh, The title cut became a a rallying cry to the Christian youth everywhere. Yeah, this this album that's been out for years now, I think that was, what, 90s, mid-90s? I have to look that up, or I'll let you guys do that, but... uh, yeah, I, you know, when I think of DC Talk, I think of them kind of as a hip-hop um, group, but with alternative flair. I get that, yeah. But it's interesting that the, their really kind of claim to fame or what's targeted them or rocketed them into 
stardoms, I'll say, or notoriety was something that wasn't their first genre. So that's interesting. All right. How about in the mid-70s, what sibling trio came up with the classic recording, the Easter song, or just Easter song? Again, I didn't recognize Easter song. Maybe if I heard it, I would. But by the title, I don't. That band, if you didn't know, was Second Chapter of Axe. And yeah, I, I remember the name Second Chapter of Axe. Never really listened to them. But um, but yeah, so it's a sibling trio um, from the mid-70s. Pretty cool. And then our final trivia question for you guys, Christian Music. Steve Taylor, anybody remember him? Anybody um, listen to him? Familiar with him? Yeah, former youth pastor, but he hit it big with a quirky EP, which is now considered a classic recording today. So what was that EP? Anybody remember? Um, It was called I Want to Be a Clone. (laughs) So today, Steve is producing some of the hottest groups around. Okay, so he's in production now. Um, Okay, so he produced Sixpence None the Richer, Chevelle, and L.A. Symphony. But uh, he's got plenty of titles to his own name. But yeah, I Want to Be a Clone. I'll have to go back and listen to that. I I bet if I heard that, I would would know it. that's that's funny, but now it's considered a classic recording. That just goes to show, if you got something that seems silly and you probably think, oh, this will never work, there you go. In 25, 30 years, it might be a classic recording in the industry. You could be famous for it. So <laughs> I wouldn't say make a career out of it, although some people have done that. But if you have something that you want to throw out there just as a sort of a joke, but you're serious about it, go for it. You know, You never know where that might lead in the future and you might become well known for it. Although, hopefully, you don't get known just for that and the rest of your serious content is ignored because you're just known for this quirky little song that you put out. I don't know. That could go both ways for you. All right. So this has been the Artist Impact Podcast. My name is Nate Miller. I'll be back hopefully soon with Paul Gibbs on another one of these podcasts, doing them together. But I hope hope you guys have enjoyed the time that you've um, joined me for and I hope this has been helpful to you. A little bit of a different topic this time. Keep making the music, keep getting out there, getting your name out there, um, doing what God has called you to do and uh, putting putting the music that he put on your heart, putting that out there to bless other people and to bring glory and honor to him. And I, I hope that we have been helpful in you doing that as well to help you to have a greater impact in what God has called you to do. Be sure to follow us on, online. We're at notespiremusic.com. You can email us directly at info at notespiremusic.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, and we're on YouTube at Notespire Music TV. Until next time, thanks, guys. I'll see you again. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Artist Impact Podcast, a production of Notespire Music, LLC. At Notespire Music, we empower independent Christian musicians to grow their God-given music potential by refining their craft and extending their music ministry reach. Notespire Music, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. For more information, visit notespiremusic.com. And join us next time for the Notespire Music Artist Impact.